hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Marketing Science Podcast, the podcast for sales and marketing professionals working within science, engineering and healthcare. My name is Daniel Azel, your podcast host, and in this week's episode, Azo Network's Head of Marketing, Frank Barker, sat down with CEO Dr. Ian Berkby to discuss everything artificial intelligence and to talk through the launch of Asthena, your new and trusted AI assistant. So pleased to be joined here today, a bit more of an informal podcast webinar. Today, the big theme is about AI and specifically Asthena. And pleased to say I'm joined by Azo Network CEO, Dr. Ian Birkby. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Frankie. Great to have the opportunity. Excellent. So just to start with, can you just tell us a bit about, give us the background of Azo Network, the past 22 years, the journey that's got us to this point? Sure. So I'm a material scientist and the original idea for the Azo Network came along. Yeah, thank you for reminding me, you know, quite a long time ago. And it was effectively an idea that came about because of the birth of the internet and how effective the internet was going to be in terms of educating uh, people, but specifically in my context, the end users of materials. So the first website that was set up, which was uh, around about the year 2000, was azom.com, the A to Z of materials. And the whole idea behind that was to educate the end users of materials, engineers, designers, and scientists. From that day, we've obviously expanded. We now cover something like uh, 15 different websites. In terms of scientific subject areas, we're probably over 150 fairly clearly defined topic areas that uh, that we cover. It's all open access content, so we do educate the world for free in relation to uh, scientific information. And I'm pleased to say that we have lots of wonderful people called customers who like the fact that we're able to amplify their message via our uh, ASO network platform and get their content, their video, their text, their emails in front of the right people who are going to engage with them and, and their products. Great. Oh, great to hear. So so now with 15, I suppose, subject-specific websites, we've got, you say, 100-plus industry-leading newsletters, and now azoscience.com. Can you just give us a bit more about where that came from and how we look to take that forward? Sure. Really uh, excited by the fact that we've uh, launched azoscience.com. It's a domain that we've owned for over 10, 12 years. And I was always desperate to use it, but never really had the, the right moment in time. It's now arisen because with the advent of AI, we have developed our own effectively scientific assistant called Asthena that will answer scientific questions. And we needed a home for Asthena, so we thought there was no better idea than to build azoscience.com powered by Asthena AI. So effectively, Azoscience now is the overarching property which can pull content from all of our other properties. And because we're using AI, you can effectively have a conversation about that content that resides on all of our other uh, websites and properties and we are talking a lot of content so we're talking uh, you know at last count uh, give or take 700,000 plus content items that we have across the network and via azoscience and asthena you can have a conversation with every bit of that content portfolio excellent 
So we're working with the, the strap line, your personal scientific assistant. Mm -hmm. What kind of conversations can people have? I still find it's quite remarkable, quite magical. I remember the first time that I used ChatGPT, November last year, and I was blown away by it. I, I thought it was quite amazing how it did respond in such a human-like manner. So effectively, how do I think people are going to use uh, Asthena? I think there's going to be a very, very wide range of use cases. Uh, you're going to have everything from the sort of fairly general type question, you know, why do lithium-ion batteries set themselves on fire, through to, you know, much more defined product or purchasing type questions. How do I buy a benchtop NMR machine for medical research? So it's going to be a real broad church of scientific questions. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be very useful for people studying science, but I think it's also important to differentiate in terms of what it isn't. So we're not trying to replace the scientific journals and the information that resides in scientific journals. Azoscience.com and, and Asthena are very much about developing a community of commercial scientists and allowing commercial scientists to engage, providing them with a mechanism that allows them to take their science out of the lab and into industry. And from the perspective of our customers, it will allow their customers to have a conversation about their products. So almost acting like a, a frontline salesperson in, in many respects. So just to build on that a bit more, the, the scientific community, I suppose, where do you see the test bed or where do you see this over the next 12 months being used in terms of poster sessions, trade shows and events, that kind of thing? You, you only get a certain amount of uh, coverage if you go to a show. How, uh, how do you see that being taken forward with the internet? Yeah, I've always had a bit of a hobby horse over the technology transfer element that relates to scientific information. And yes, I've published scientific papers and they, they've gone into journals. And that's important because a lot of the academic scientific community need that recognition from their peer groups with regards to their scientific content. We are very much in a, in a different genre in that we are about taking that commercial science. And, and if you are going to an exhibition and if you are publishing a poster, where is it going to go? You know, how many people are actually going to look at that? So one of the things that we're trying to do is to encourage those scientists, maybe PhD students to, uh, yes, by all means, publish your poster, go along to the, the conference, to the exhibition, but think about what you can do with it next. And I certainly feel that azoscience.com is a good place to put that information. One of the significant benefits with regards to the structure that we've built is that our AI, Asthena, the scientific assistant, only operates on our content. So it doesn't go outside of our content to smash together unrelated pieces of information. I mean, this is still a problem with AI and large language models that they do hallucinate and they can bring together information that is actually illogical. They're getting better and better all the time, but it is still a risk. So if you are using scientific information, one of the benefits of doing it with us or depositing your information with us is that it is going to be approved and checked by real life people. So there is a quality control process there. And we do not let the chatbots come in to access that, uh, uh, that information.
I saw an interesting quote recently from Damesh Shah, the co-CEO of HubSpot, or CTO even. AI models are increasingly common, but data is the key differentiator. I suppose, how do we, how does that help with, uh, how does Athena play into that? Yeah, that was, uh, that was great to see uh, Damesh mention that in his, uh, his keynote uh, inbound this year. I was fortunate enough to meet him. I think it was probably about 2015 when, in fact, we were at, uh, at inbound. And I, I think it, it absolutely nails it. There is a lot of AI product being produced. Uh, I think I saw something the other day uh, that the, the sort of cycle of hype, I think it's the Gartner cycle of hype, AI is starting to get close to the top in terms of maximum hype. I subscribe to far too many emails that are related to AI, and every day somebody's bringing out a new app that's powered by AI. So it is becoming much more commonplace. Uh, they are not easy tools to work with. The way that we've developed our Athena, our dev team have done an incredible job taking us from where we started on this journey about six months ago to the product that we have now, which is still in beta, not perfect, but is still quite incredible in terms of what it, uh, what it can do. But to come back to your, your central question and Dharmesh's point, it's the combination of AI, which is becoming increasingly commonplace, with a big pile of content that you can rely on. And that's where we are lucky. You know, we've actually paid for our own luck uh, in that we've generated that content over 20 years. It's still, a lot of it is encyclopedic content, so it's still got long-lasting lifetime and value. And to be able to combine AI with a high-quality, significant, large content resource around a central theme is quite unique. And that's, you know, probably what sparked the business decision from our our perspective. 700,000 content items, I think is, is the last or the last big milestone. Okay, bringing it back to ChatGPT and, and other AI and Google Bard, or even just a Google search, how is Athena differentiated from the well, ChatGPT, for instance? Interesting question. We actually use elements of OpenAI and ChatGPT. I'm not going to try and hide that. You can see that uh, within the model. Having said that, it's heavily customized to fit our content, content types, and the type of questions that people are likely to uh, ask of our content. So I am a huge fan of, uh, of ChatGPT in terms of how it operates. I think OpenAI have done a terrific job. I think there are question marks around copyright. They will play out over a, a period of time. Um, I can't say that I'm totally happy about all aspects of how large language models have been trained on effectively the data set known as the internet. But nevertheless, the cat's out of the bag and it, it is here uh, and it's here right now. So the AI element of large language models like ChatGPT, Claude, Bard, it's about having a conversation with content. That's how I would categorize it. It's also about being able to set uh, tasks. So, for example, with Asthena, you can actually say, write me a press release relating to a new product launch for product X, Microsoft, particle size analyzer. And Asthena will come back and give you that answer. Now, a search engine couldn't do that because the AI has to run off, assimilate, 
all of those various answers and then put it into a form that sounds like reasonable quality English as written by a marketing manager. So that's the, the AI bit. Search engines are still going to be around. I, I don't see search engines disappearing anytime soon. Could be wrong because we're moving at a hell of a fast, fast pace at uh, this moment in time. But search engines are very good at finding that piece of content. They're not very good at allowing you to interact as you would do with a, a fellow human. Yeah, excellent. So just looking at the Google principles, I suppose these have been around for years now, but they've added an extra E in terms of E, experience, expertise, authority, and trust. So how important are they in terms of well, when you're integrating AI and publishing models together? I think they always have been extremely important, and I think they are as important now as they've ever been. I think one of the issues around uh, AI at this moment in time is trust. You know, we, uh, as you well know, we actually did look at, you know, should we call it the trusted scientist dot uh, com? And that is, yeah, is a massive issue, particularly if you're the end user of that information. You need to know that the information has been checked, it has been reviewed, it is from a credible resource. You know, it's one thing asking AI what date was the Battle of Hastings, and if it gets it wrong by a year, well, you're probably not going to do too well in your uh, homework, but nobody's going to die. Whereas if you're designing a nuclear reactor and you're looking for information about the fuel rods and, and the fatigue properties, that's a different matter. You need pretty secure solid scientific information. So I think that that trust issue isn't going to apply in all walks of life, but certainly when you're talking about science engineering technology, it is extremely important. And to be perfectly honest, that's one of the areas where we spotted the opportunity was to provide that trust layer over the top of the uh, scientific content that uh, that we provide. Okay. So just to, I suppose, round that off, what happens when AIs hallucinate? We've got, I think there's there's a case of a lawyer in the US who ended up using AI to to come up with an answer and it had hallucinated and backfired in a, in a horrible fashion. Any of those sort of your money or your life topics, I think it's it's really important that, that they do, uh, well, that, that trust and, and authority is there. Okay, so I suppose on that, how do we know that Asthena can be trusted? Asthena, there is a risk element with Asthena as there is with any form of, uh, of AI. That risk element is significantly, drastically reduced because it initially can only operate on the body of knowledge that we've provided to it. So, and every single item of content that is within azoscience.com and that Asthena can communicate with has been checked and proofread and qualified by a real life human. So that's a big point to make. Having said that, because we are using large language models, you can ask the same question twice and get two answers that are dissimilar. You know, but as you know, people have said, it's a bit like asking the same question of two scientific experts. You can get two dissimilar answers or with a slightly different context or bias. So People have to be aware of that. You know, this thing is is not perfect. I don't think it ever can be perfect, but it can certainly make our lives a hell of a lot more productive and take out a lot of that menial work. You know, if you've been asked to present a report on the properties of a material, 
you know, it can really speed up that type of activity and give you good quality outputs that are backed by references. I think that's something I really should point out is in addition to the, 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 the chat text that comes back when you speak to, uh, uh, speak with Asthena, you also get the references very prominently featured. Uh, at the bottom of the uh, the piece of text, so you can then go from the uh, the text response through to the individual content items and validate what uh, information is there. Excellent. So moving on, I saw another quote from uh, Galloway, Professor Galloway. Uh, it takes a human five hours to consume a hundred thousand tokens. That's an AI term of content um, or characters, whereas it takes an AI under a minute to do that same amount of work so using that sort of efficiency on how we can ramp up speed of learning just uh, can you just explain again to us about how llms work and and your, your knowledge of that this could be a very long answer so i'll try and make it quite a short answer and i'll do it from uh, the uh, standpoint of a uh, an enthusiastic amateur in the field shall we say but it really starts with neural networks and neural networks have been around 10, 20 years. I, I certainly played with them over 10 years ago. And the core of a neural network is to use mathematical equations to relate to word patterns. So, you know, that's something that's been developed and fairly well understood. It's, it's pretty hairy maths. So, uh, and certainly well above my pay grade to, to get into that. But you now take the, uh, the neural network side of life. You take the algorithms that are now generated based on those neural networks to produce large language models. And you take the availability of massive data sets like size of the internet, massive, and billions and billions of uh, parameters loosely equating to sentences that exist on, uh, on the internet. So you take that and then you also, the other thing that's come together is the availability of highly powerful computing power. So NVIDIA very much in the right place at the right time with their graphic processing units, GPUs. So we now have the availability of really clever equations that can be driven by very, very powerful computers to arrive at the, the core of the LLM, which is to analyze the pattern of words in your question, and then using a probability type of function to arrive at a pattern of words that represents a reasonable answer. It's quite hard to get your head around that because we are talking of billions of computations that have gone into deriving these large language models. But in essence, that's what they are. It is a you know, matching of the pattern of words in your question with the most logical pattern of answers in, uh, in, in the database that provide your, your answer. Excellent. Okay, just a, I suppose, slight gear change now. You've obviously spent a lot of time working with Asthena and other AIs. What, what's your, I suppose, your favorite or some of your best applications of AI in terms of time saved or you know, most you know, efficient uses of it? Um, I think there's, I'm probably the wrong person to ask in terms of using Asthena because I'm not a scientist, I'm not an engineer anymore in industry wanting material solutions to my particular problem. Um, but I do see a lot of people in those environments who will find 
as Thena very, very beneficial. It won't replace their job. It will make them more uh, efficient. Um, I think, you know, if we look in a wider context at Azo Network as a, as a business, pretty much every aspect of our business is or is going to be impacted by AI. And we are talking about increased efficiencies across every aspect of the business, you know, from the accounting function, how some of that can be uh, automated with with AI development, the writing of code. You know, we're at the just scratching the surface. I think now in terms of what's going to happen in terms of automated generation of uh, of code. From your own perspective, in terms of marketing, the amount of time saving activities that can now be done by uh, AI. We are. It is a, a revolution. It's. I know this is a very overused phrase, but it's possibly from my experience, the biggest technological revolution that I've seen in my lifetime. And I do remember the iPhone coming out and I do remember Google first landing and both of those were pretty impressive. I think the difference, and I've thought about this a little bit, is the difference between the impact of the iPhone and and Google is it took a little while for that impact to sink in to people. You know, suddenly you realize that you've got a phone that had access to the internet, that had access to pretty much all of the information in the world. Wow, that's that's quite clever. Chat GPT came out and it was the most used app within a month. You know, it had 100 million, first app to get to 100 million usages uh, or downloads within a month. You know, it, and why? Because it was quite easy to understand that you asked this thing a question and it gave you a really good human-like answer. So it was immediate impact. And now, of course, we're looking at these technologies going into, you know, graphics creation, marketing, as we've said, coding, you know, there's no end to it, but equally we need to proceed with caution. I think there's a separate webinar in that, you know, uses of uses of AI in marketing. We you know, will use it for we'll use it for editing this. We'll use it for highlighting the the key points, the the social snippets, the condensing the transcript down into blog posts. What else? Videos, yeah, all all sorts you can use it for. But what I suppose, what do you say to people that say, well, you know, AI is coming for everyone's jobs? Like, there's that sort of apocalyptic. Oh, we're all it's going to do us all out of a career. I think we've got to look back through history and uh, you know there's been lots of technologies that have come along where people have thought oh that's going to you know decimate jobs in certain sectors you know so henry ford didn't do a great deal for the horse and cart manufacturers but equally a lot of horse and cart manufacturers start to get jobs in the car industry so i think you always get you know new technologies that then lead to a realignment uh, of job roles i think the the good thing about ai is it's going to get rid of a lot of the grind type work and you know if you if you want to be really positive about it which in general i am it's going to free people up to do more creative stuff the really human bit and take away a lot of the the mundane aspects uh, of work i do think there is a risk that businesses that don't get with the program are going to be left behind and that's where you know jobs may be uh, more at risk but as with most significant technologies Embracing it is usually a good thing. 
uh, embracing it wisely, embracing it carefully. Uh, I think they're the, the, the sort of the mantras that I would uh, uh, recommend in terms of using AI within your business. Before we wrap up, also an, an, another announcement is uh, is the latest Azo website, apart from azoscience.com, is azoai.com. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And and is that the thirteenth or fourteenth one off the off the shelf now? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really proud to say that we actually bought that uh, domain name around about twelve years ago, and we have launched it fairly recently because we recognise that yes. AI is exploding, but we also recognize that there was a requirement across industry to provide an information resource that educated people on the use of AI in medical imaging, the use of AI in process control, so and lots of other examples. So really the, the, the function and the, the, the direction of ASO AI is to provide that information to people in industry to understand how they can deploy AI into their products, services, and, uh, and processes. So it's, it's about showing them where the, the, the picks and shovels are for the uh, AI uh, gold rush, I guess. Excellent. Okay, so, so a real mix of, of industries that you said, medical, medical imaging and process industries basically it's every industry that i can't think of an industry that isn't impacted or going to be impacted by the use of ai to make processes or products more efficient or better um, more all-encompassing in terms of how they can respond to inputs and uh, and outputs okay uh, cool well, bringing us to uh, to a close now you got any final thoughts for the future over the, I would say the next two to three years, but I think it could change massively over that. Let's say 12 months and, uh, and get your final thoughts. I, I think there's huge opportunities there. I, I, you know, I sat on the other side of the fence, you know, I operated a, uh, an advanced ceramics manufacturing business for a period of time. So I know what it's like to produce products and sell products into uh, uh, industry. And I know from personal experience, when we were manufacturing Zirconia Advanced Ceramics, that there was probably 50 to 100 questions that cropped up all of the time. I think the opportunity for a lot of our customers is to be able to answer those questions using AI, uh, using our platform, so that their people who are in those current roles can be deployed into more value-add roles. So, you know, a lot of the boring question about, well, how big is the chamber? What sample size can I get into the chamber? What temperature does it operate at? All of that, you can do that through conversational AI, provided you generated the, the content to answer those those questions, so I think there are huge opportunities in that uh, in that particular space, and it should make everyone's life more efficient in the uh, in the process. Excellent. Well, I think that about wraps things up. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, Frankie. As always, that's great. Thanks to Ian and Frankie for sharing their time with us all today. If you've enjoyed listening, then please think about leaving a review on your podcast provider sharing this episode on social media or with a colleague you think will enjoy it as well. This podcast was edited by Jao Pinto and was brought to you by the team at Azo Network. We'll be back again soon with some more special guests from the marketing science community. We hope you can join us then. And until next time, take care and thanks for listening.